Good afternoon, it's 12 o'clock on Friday and it's time for the MoneyWeb at Midday Show. Another Friday another Friday where we will be waiting for the outcome of S&P's review into our finances and any changes uh, which are deemed uh, at this point unlikely from people I've spoken to, to our investment grade uh, cre- in credit rating. But uh, we'll have that decision uh, later on this evening. Uh, but in the meantime, just today we'll be talking markets with uh, Petri Redlinghaus, the founder of Herenia Capital. Uh, he'll be on in just a minute. Remember that this show is being brought to you, though, by Chartered Accountants of South Africa, leaders in business. Is the land expropriation without compensation plan the biggest threat to the new dawn, as promised by new president, Cyril Ramaphosa? Can SA make any progress against the background of increasing protest action, strikes, and low economic growth? Attend the Brenthurst Wealth SA Quo Vada seminar series hosted in association with MoneyWeb to hear the insights of five leading experts. Magnus Haystek of Brenthurst, Ralph Mateja, political analyst, Magda Verzitska of Signia, Glenn Owen of Momentum, and Jean-Pierre Fastard of Fairtree Capital. Bookings at www.quicket.co.za. Search for Brenthurst. MoneyWeb has a unique opportunity for financial advisors. Through our Click and Advisor offering, advisors can interact with a growing investor-based audience and attract new clients. To find out more, visit www.moneyweb.co.za. You're back with the Money Web at Midday Show, and the JSC is neither here nor there at the moment. Uh, roughly just uh, 0.06%, so basically flat on the day thus far to 56,733 points. Uh, the, the green has been, uh, or it's certainly parts of the bourse have been advanced by the industrials up a quarter of a percent and financials up one third of a percent. But gold mining having a tough ta- time down over 1% and resources down half a percent. Behind NUSPERS is the most traded. Uh, share on the JSC, I think for the first time since I've been watching it, is the Fashini Group, followed by MTN and Clicks. Quite an unusual uh, group of shares to be uh, changing hands at the moment. And then uh, in terms of the currencies, we've got the Rand that's lost roughly one-third of a percent against the US dollar to trade at 12.49. Against the pound, it's one, down one-tenth of a percent to 16.68. And against the euro, uh, down one-third of a percent to 14.62. Gold has poked its head above $1,300 an ounce, now trading at $1,304 an ounce and a mixed day for the platinum group metals with uh, platinum up 1% to $910 uh, while palladium down uh, a tenth of a percent to $979. Quite interesting just to see how markets across the world have been trading as well. We've currently got the DAX and the CAC in uh, France up in the green, but uh, the Australian All Ordinaries closed nearly 1% weaker and the Hang Seng uh, down half a percent. So interesting to see where U.S. markets are going to go. Obviously, following the queue uh, from developments regarding Korea, uh, here to talk about those though is Petri Redlinghaus, the founder of Verenia Capital. He joins me on the phone. Good afternoon to you, Petri. Good afternoon, Warren. Um, yeah, a bit of a crazy day unfolding here. Um, you mentioned Fushimi being up uh, as one of the top traded shares. It's also up. Five and a half percent on the day, traded about 1.4 million shares so far, um, at a, almost 190 share. So that's why the value of traded is so incredibly high. I think yesterday, with the with the disappointing mass market numbers, 
uh, and the absolute hammering we saw mass take it created a bit of panic specifically in TFG as it fell really hard as well and we've seen those stocks bounce back a little bit today so both of those are up I mean mass up 4.3% TFG up uh, 4.5.5 so yeah and I think that sort of is a little bit of just a dead cat bounce if you want to call it that I don't know uh, did you just just coming back to those mass mart numbers because that clearly shocked the market? What was so negative there? Uh, I think what's happening here, or what's happened here, is that um, you know we had a lot of the, the foreigners coming in and buying the Ramaphosa story. Uh, so Ramaphoria, I mean, we spoke about it a whole bunch of times as well, right? Uh, and when the numbers came in disappointing, a lot of foreigners were obviously caught. Um, proverbially with their pants down that they've taken these massive long positions buying into banks, buying into retailers on the back of Ramaphosa, uh, you know, coming in and taking over leadership and that kind of thing. And then when we saw, we're seeing a bit of a fade of that Ramaphoria. Uh, I can't believe that's actually a word people use, but yes. Um, and then, you know, disappointing numbers and it just, you know, somebody says, okay, get me out. And it creates a bit of panic as it goes, as you saw uh, yesterday, you know, it's sort of when the numbers come out, there's an initial sort of drop slow, continuous sell-off, and then as it gets lower and lower and lower, it just starts to create a bit of panic, and then you have this accelerate, acceleration of the selling into the afternoon. So it was, uh, I think, a little bit of panic uh, mixed with some, you know, obviously a disappointing number. It missed the, the, the street's expectations for what the earnings would have been. Um, plus, of course, uh, you know, it's that unwind of the Ramaphosa euphoria that we saw. Right, so uh, certainly uh, testing the patience of uh, of foreign investors there, uh, and I, I certainly believe that it was a, a phase of the market that was uh, characterised by euphoria, and uh, clearly, with the benefit of hindsight, some some over optimistic projections on just how quickly the the new ANC president and president of the republic can turn things around. Uh, what we're getting back to, though, Petri, is that we are seeing things starting to change, but this is going to be a long, hard slog to get this economy back to where it should be. Absolutely, it's going to take. Um, I mean, it's going to take a couple of years. It's not going to be the um, quick, easy. You know, take this pull and everything will be fine by the morning. Um, it's going to take a couple of years, I think, before we have uh, you know real resolution to some of the issues that we that we have here. However, we are making progress, which is what the most important thing is. And the first 100 days so far have been pretty, fairly good. Uh, we've seen a lot of dialogue around what's going to happen with the uh, you know, reclamation of land and that kind of thing. Um, and a lot of work is being done to put the investment community and the general public uh, you know, in a position where they feel a bit more comfortable around the whole thing. Um, you know, that we've been told that it's going to going to be done in a way that does not negatively impact uh, the economy uh, nor negatively impact sort of the, the general public. So, you know, we'll have to see. It's going to take some time. Nothing happens overnight. Uh, just coming back to another issue that uh, came out a little bit earlier this week, we had uh, Viceroy responding to Capitec. Uh, my sort of consensus from a lot of the people I speak to and follow uh, on Twitter and, and things like that, is that they're almost disinterested, uh, didn't even pay much attention to what Viceroy was saying. Do you think that uh, uh, that credibility they had post Steinoff now uh, has largely evaporated in the wake of what seems to be more arcane and obscure arguments that they seem to be bringing to Capitec in order to justify their position? You know, I'm going to, uh, and I could be wrong, you know, I, I'll don't mind eating my hat if I'm wrong about this, but I find that I think 
at least that. Um, often when people say things that other people don't like to hear, uh, they start playing the player and not the ball. Right? So everyone's going, oh, well, Capi- I mean, uh, Viceroy is losing credibility. They've clearly got it wrong on Capitec. Uh, look how wrong they got it on, on AMD uh, and some of these chip makers and so on. Um, and everybody's sort of having a go at Viceroy and saying, you know, they've lost a ton of credibility. I think they're right. Um, and we'll see over time whether or not that's the right call. I mean, you know, maybe they're not. Maybe um, Capitec is fine. But, you know, we I think that if there was an external catalyst, uh, like there was with um, with African Bank, that you know maybe we're gonna you know the water will pull back and we'll see who's been swimming naked in the words of Buffett. Um, so I think that you know because they're actually voicing a concern that people have been largely ignoring for a long time, um, it makes them very unpopular. Sometimes being right makes you unpopular, and I think that's probably what's happening with Viceroy. Uh, I, for one, think that they are making the right call. Okay, interesting. Uh, just, uh, I'm just uh, kind of uh, interested because uh, obviously at this point the market has not really uh, priced in the seriousness of an extent of the allegations that they've made against Capitec. But uh, good to have a contrasting view on on it nonetheless. Yeah, and from now, and from now, I don't think it will. You know, I think that from now, Capitec is trading largely in under the rest of the banks, and think that you know. Um, uh, or the market is such, you know, people are expressing their belief in it, by, you know, which is reflected in the share price. And for now, you know, the, the general market feels that there's nothing wrong with capital and that it's going to be fine. Um, and that's probably true until there is an external uh, catalyst that uh, that topples the house of cards. So I don't know. We'll see. You know, um, I don't want to stake my whole, you know, fortune on it or whatever. <laughs> I don't want to bet the farm as such. But uh, you know, for for now, I think that uh, capital. Um, or that price will make a good point. You know, they pose this, those, those questions again to management, um, and they are pointing out things that I think investors should be aware of. You know, the, for example, the change of the way that they do provisions for uh, bad debt. Um, you know, bad debts are growing, but provisions for bad debts is reducing. Why do that? Well, it makes your numbers look better. That's why. Um, so it's an interesting thing, and I don't think that uh, I don't think that the street has it right yet. Of course. That's what capital. Uh, that's a bunch of says. Whether or not they're right, time will tell. All right, so very interesting there. Uh, just coming back to a bit of the global, uh, the, the macro picture, uh, Petri. Uh, obviously, this toing and froing around the Korean summit, and then obviously. Uh, what appears to be meandering comments about uh, the trade relationship with China. Just give us a bit of insight as to what how that's affecting uh, the market at the moment. Well, I think what that's doing is it's creating a little bit of disinterest um, and or uh, risk-off sentiment towards emerging markets. So we've seen um, you know emerging market currencies under quite a bit of pressure this last week. Uh, we've also seen emerging markets, you know, sort of stock markets under quite a bit of pressure. Equity markets, we've seen. Uh, some some vicious selling coming uh, you know our way uh, mostly within the banks and the retailers which are the darling sectors. Um, also, we're seeing a, a bit of a pullback in commodities. For example, as we speak now, oil is trading down two percent. Uh, so we're seeing a bit of a payback in uh, uh, commodity prices. So it feels like risk has been taken off, uh, and people are uh, you know becoming a bit more conservative around what their expectations are uh, for future growth. And so on, and that sort of negative sentiment is spilling through the market. So it feels a little bit like we're in for a couple of weeks of downside. Uh, you know, does this mean it's the end of the bull market? I don't know. Um, for now, not. But uh, it does definitely feel like the market wants to come down, uh, maybe a few percent, 
um, over the next over the next couple of weeks. All right, uh, very interesting on 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 that uh, on that front. Uh, we we're largely through, I think, results season at the moment, uh, Petri. But uh, have there been any uh, any really interesting results that uh, that have surprised you in the past few weeks? No, I think for um, looking at the U.S. corporate sort of earnings, it's been um, relatively good. What uh, what has been surprising to me is how uh, you know. I wouldn't say weak the market has been trading, but how the market hasn't really responded incredibly aggressively uh, to what's almost historic numbers from Wall Street, right? Um, in terms of corporate earnings and so on. And I think that that is, you know, a lot of that earnings growth that we saw in these companies were baked in by um, the corporate tax cuts that they saw in the US. So Trump's uh, tax cuts. Now, what's was interesting there is that this is not necessarily having the immediate impact of increasing wages, which was the plan. Um, but companies are, in fact, paying bigger bonuses, they're paying stock buybacks and that type of thing, um, rather than uh, paying higher wages, right? <laughs> right. So that's that was quite an interesting uh, development. Um, but I think that for the most part, you know, US earnings has been pretty good. I don't know how much of that is, you know, a lot, large part of the earnings growth was on the back of the, the lower tax rate, right? Uh, so we'll have to wait another earnings season to see whether or not the companies themselves are actually uh, performing performing well. What was surprising to me there was Tencent results. I know that that's um, uh, you know not within South Africa, but obviously Nasdaq has a big holding in Tencent, and that beat on every metric. So the previous results that they put out, that they put out quarterly, uh, had missed a little bit, and the street was a little disappointed by that. But this last result that we saw now uh, was it last week. Um, was was actually very good. They've beat on on every metric. And what's been surprising to me is how uh, Nasdaq hasn't managed to to rally stronger on the back of what was essentially uh, a brilliant set of results that beat by a very very big margin. So uh, you know we'll see. I think that uh, this is these are all sort of part of the reasons why I've been tremendously bullish uh, for the, for uh, a couple of weeks. But you know the more you look at this thing, the more you see. Okay, well there's all these good catalysts and positive news flows and good great earnings, but the market's just not getting higher um which is is making me a little bit more conservative all right uh prudent words there from uh, petri uh, always good chatting and i'm sure we'll be in touch soon yeah thank you very much for having me okay petri that was uh, petri redling hayes the founder of arena capital remember that this show is being brought to you by chartered accountants of south africa leaders in business numbers rule the world inflation interest rates petrol price and when numbers change you need to know how to respond especially when it comes to business. Partner with a chartered accountant and get far more than a numbers person. A CASA is equipped with holistic business acumen and decision-making expertise when evaluating your business's future growth. Partner with a responsible leader in business. Partner with a CASA today. Go to saiga.co.za. And that's a wrap for the show. Remember, RSG kicks off uh, at 6 p.m. this evening, so be sure to tune into that. And, of course, uh, there's lots of breaking news and analysis on the MoneyWeb platform. Uh, until the same time on Monday, cheers for now. 